You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When I first met Paul, even when we were in our first band in like 2006 or seven or wherever it was, he still gave me a bunch of MP3s and folders, like probably eight eight albums worth of material. Like yeah, I have like I have twenty years ago, like eight eight. <laughs> so like I I I genuinely think if anybody like, wants I, any I, songs. I, even even Corey myself, Corey's in this game. <laughs> Get your songs here. Don't Get give your songs, songs people, away. Do people, Sell them. Do people buy songs? No. is that a thing? I don't think so. No, no people just, do. But that's why but we're not, selling art. We're not at the bottom of the screen, so you can feed Paul. Can't even get people to take your songs. Feed Paul. Can you just listen to it for free? Yeah. I know. No, head, no, head, on down to, head on down to Nashville, Paul, and just start standing on the corner and see what happens. <laughs> Songs! <laughs> Songs! <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, back again. I'm Siobhan Cronin here with, as always, Benny Goodman and Corey Peza. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Backstreet. I'm representing back. my stars. Right. I know. I see I, that. I, I yeah. It's getting pretty ratty, though. I need a new one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I still have not got my sweatshirt I know because ben my first on one my shrunk. Piece. And oh. I've also requested other signed things. Like, man, like you've made I'm me. I'm pretty like, sure I, I, I drunkenly bought things. this at a show like like five years ago. I so. bought one on a show, too, and it shrunk. I wore it once and it's too small for me. And I'm, I'm less than a medium. Yeah, and speaking <laughs> of buying things. You guys should all go to 2020-d.com and buy a shirt with our faces on it or go to lostsymphony.com and buy all our sorts sponsor. of cool things, including music and merch and things like that. And uh, the best part is you get to hear our guest this week. Yeah. And see his artwork. The, uh, the art of us, all the cartoons you've seen of Richard Shaw, you've seen of David Abraziz, of Ernie Bach. The, the like, pictures that you see right now on your yeah, screen. Yeah, the cartoons. Yeah, the crazy things. That you see uh, all he, the podcast. So if you haven't put the two together, he also plays drums for Lost Symphony. So Paul Lorenzo. Paul Lorenzo is playing the drums for Lost Symphony, but also crazy artists, also fucking hilarious also kind of curmudgeonly and has the <laughs> cutest cat in the entire fucking world that was created as an abomination of the DNA assortment. Who will make an appearance on the, on the video cast. So you got to check it out Some to really demonetize fun. us. Yeah. <laughs> so here's our second hour. Uh, if you haven't checked it out the first hour with our previous episode, I hope it's longer than that. In this case, I know I normally hope it's over really fast, but this one I hope is longer. Yeah, these, these are good. Episode number 50 was the previous one. So we're 50 episodes in. This is the 51st episode. Wow. And this is our second hour with Paul Lorenzo. Such a good time. Check it out. Subscribe at 2020-d.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2020. My name is Benny Goodman. I'm here with my cohorts in crime, um, Siobhan Cronin. Hello. And my good friend and compatriot, <laughs> Corey Peza. A compatriot cohort. <laughs> A cohort of compatriotism. <laughs> Thank you. Glad compatriotism. <laughs> Anti-disestablishmentarianistic. Anti Super callous something. <laughs> and then of course so, yeah. of course hold on without further ado i'm very excited because we the reason we did this whole show in the first place and you might not have even heard it yet because like we're just catching on like whatever fuck you like we're cool like listen to us hope 
that's the greatest endorsement, right? But we're in a band because we've had to pivot. This is what somebody saying it. that they're cool we, is the greatest we, endorsement. We have to. We have to. We have to. Self-proclaimed. We have cool? to do what, what they call in the in in um, corporate life a pivot. Which basically means that, like, stop doing what you love. And like Ivanka Trump said, you know, like, just do something else. So we're here. (laughs) Hi. Hi, we're here. Siobhan, who is classically trained, she's here. You know, Paul could have been at a bank somewhere, but instead he's here. So, like, we're going to make a podcast. But we were in a band. And now we're still in a band, but we were in a yes, band, but no we're still in a band. Yeah. No, I used Paul to do, was, was I used in to do drugs. I still, I still do. do. <laughs> yeah, but I fuck you and your Mitch Hedberg catch-ons. The point is, we are in a band called Lost Symphony, lostsymphony.com. And this is the first time, technically the second time, but like it's, two episodes is really just us hanging out over one night, if you haven't figured it out, the suspension of disbelief. Like somebody actually watched our Lost Symphony live performance live at slay at home for metal injection which we thank metal injection <laughs> yeah. profusely for but like someone said this isn't live and there's like, like literally, a, yeah, there's literally we didn't say it was. A fucking <laughs> partridge, there's a partridge like a partridge family like view of like eight chavons yeah like all playing different strings and i'm like did you think that there was oompa loompas for fucking string players just playing? That's really funny you said that because I literally didn't even think about that. Yeah. I was like, I did not. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I love there that was that, a lot of me. In that's that. a criticism. <laughs> like, hey, this isn't live on YouTube. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Did like, they, well, how did that help anybody here? That's my question. Like, what were you trying to accomplish? With I that wish statement? that Motley Crue wasn't live. You know what I mean? Like, I really wish. Like, we played Skid Row, and, like, I think it was good. But, like, I don't know if I'd want it to be live now. Like, maybe, maybe, but, like, we played it in the original key. I'm not sure I'd want to hear Sebastian boxing it in that key. (laughs) I'm not saying it can't happen, but I I know that Vince Neil certainly can't sing Livewire anymore. So don't – I'm kind of glad that that – I'm glad and I'm sad that the stadium tour with Motley Crue didn't happen because I thought it was going to be the, the biggest like shit storm ever. Like, you know, it would be the, the water world of tours. You know what I mean? Like, like people are going to go and they're going to realize like the hardcore Motley Crue fans will love them no matter what. But the people that are on because they like journey are going to be like, what the fuck is this shit? And there's no way to sugarcoat the fact that they're not that good. No, the, ben, I mean, Ben, have you introduced our I'm, guest yeah, yet? I'm, Did I just blank on Paul that? Lorenzo. so for everyone who stuck around for all of that bullshit in the first five minutes we're back for part two with paul lorenzo ready for more drummer musician who's part of lost symphony yeah back to paul (laughs) Paul, but i'm totally with you about i'll quote your second favorite paul david lee roth enough about me let's talk about you so what do you think about me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, the sec- my second favorite David Lee Roth one is, why do now what you can do later today? <laughs> <laughs> David Lee Roth, always full of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Paul, in the last episode, we kind of talked a lot about your musical background, how you met Ben a little bit, some of your involvement in different bands. But I want to start this one off by talking about the fact that you're an amazing artist. Yeah. And oh, you've done a lot of art you. for us. Obviously, everyone that's watching 2020. Can we explain what kind of art is that Paul? is? Like actual, yeah. art, like, like paintings, this, like the pictures this, of us, like the cartoons. A, yeah. Right there. Yeah. yeah all, like logo. Right not, there. not just like he's an artist. He like wears a <laughs> sash and like walks into a room with swagger. Like, I mean, like Hooray. naturally. Yeah, draws things. <laughs> and in you, fact, yeah, but, I mean, people just have to let's show them some of it. Can we? Well, yeah, we, we, we're we gonna go. have Corey 
superimpose it and we, we're going to do a Shopify link because Paul, like every drummer, especially in this pan, every musician, everyone that works live, anything, bars, anything after dark, people have to get drunk, is, are getting fucked right now with what's going on. And I'm not saying anything politically. I'm just saying you're getting fucked. It sucks. Like we're all getting fucked and not in a fun way. So we have to pivot. Well, yeah. Now, Paul, 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 how many, how many days a week did you play out? Um, I would usually play at least once a week, sometimes two, three times a week, depending on the week. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it was definitely yeah at the end of the but month. What, what, it added what's, up your, and, what's your normal job, Paul? So everyone knows. Oh, well, I did work at a bank and now I work at a music store and I'm going back to the bank. And so wait, those <laughs> gigs are important is what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, definitely. I, I mean, I had been working a day job and then doing gigs at night. But then when the gigs disappeared, now I have to try to work two day jobs and hope that I still have time to sleep and play music and so make art. And I don't know. The things <laughs> that people don't realize is that Paul, um, he, when he used to work at a bank and I'm sure, uh, am I allowed to say this? Like when you were you, on the, on the back of your bank slips, you would draw something <laughs> like this, like this crazy um, moon. And this is a very simple one, but he does a lot of surrealistic stuff, which you can go to the short store that you'll see a link below. Um, but for years, just like you have recordings probably since 1987, Paul has tens of thousands of pictures <laughs> printed, like originals, all this. And I finally, like one day, he came over with the originals because I had seen his pictures. I'm like, holy shit. So I have a whole hallway filled with his art and every single time anyone comes in my house i have 160 guitars i have signed records i have all this crazy like I, my it's like mental fucking stimulus overload they always walk down the hall and go what's this and they start looking at all of paul's art and the thing that's cool about it is it's surreal like and paul will tell you it means nothing but you can't look at the art and not think it means something because like there's cats ha uh, you know hanging out in a tree upside down with like clocks going <laughs> the wrong way and all that and everyone since the dawn of time has asked him other than t-shirts for bands can i buy that art and paul's literally the worst business person in history the worst the along worst. with a lot of musicians no, but i mean no, no, we no, no, all no. are <laughs> like, yeah. so the point i'm getting a long-winded point i'm getting to is i'm helping him like myself i'm helping him create a shopify <clears throat> so that we can feed the drummer with his amazing art because I'm sick of people putting out these virtual tip jars and playing their shitty music online. Fucking pivot like Ivanka said. Sell your art that you've been making on other people's time on the back of bank slips for years, years and sell it online for fucking awesome money because it's good. It's really good. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's funny, you know, obviously, Paul, you did our, our cartoon characters that are somewhere on this video uh and and there's a t-shirt available at 2020.com 2020-d.com wait do you have a and, do you have a cartoon you could give us a view for free so we don't have to pay you so you can just like <laughs> give it to us like 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 they do in the industry no, we'll give you exposure no. like when, but no so we can put it at the beginning on, of if this you, if you've taught me anything ben it's that I should get paid for everything. But don't unless, you already? I, well, I could just take a picture then, of the one right, that I own on the. That's for him, yeah. and then it right, right. regardless, the, right, exactly. the point point being, if you go to two zero two zero dash d dot com, you can actually buy a t shirt with uh, Siobhan, Ben, and myself on it. And I've met people that have done that, and it's creepy as fuck. Is it your uh, wife? Uh, yes. Yeah. And my parents and, and a few a few friends as well. And that's great. And thank so you for supporting the show. Yes. Thank you. Please never wear it in front of me. 
Uh, as cool of a picture it is, it's <laughs> it's super weird. <laughs> but it's a very cool drawing. I like it. But oh, well, what I'm trying to tell you is, with Paul, he's so talented. He's so talented. He plays guitar very well. He plays drums better than anyone that I know. He really gets it. But what he doesn't get is how to make money at all with any of his skills at all. And so I tell him I'm going to help him make a store that you can see the link on the bottom to buy the stuff. He calls me up and he's like, Dude, this is, I, I'm not going to run a business. I can't run a business. I got to go work this up. <laughs> I don't need you to run a business. I literally don't want you to do anything other than provide your skills and then fuck off. And like, he, he's like trying to tell me <laughs> to not help him. Like, I'm willing to devote my time. Come on, my Friday night. Like, dude, don't even bother. Like, this is all over for me. <laughs> no, but this is a common, a common thread among a lot of creative people. I mean, I suffer from a lot of the same stuff too, you know, like not wanting to flog your own thing or saying like, oh, look at what, how I'm so great at this thing. Cause that's just part of like your mind as a creative person is that you're constantly like self-critical and like not wanting to like say, oh, I'm better than this other thing. I mean, that's right. That, that's a humility thing, you know? Yeah. It's hard. Ben doesn't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not compute. What is that? Humility. What does that even he's mean? A, he's ashamed of me. <laughs> he's shaking his head I, at me. Listen, what is this a, you a speak very, of? <laughs> so, one of my mentors very early on said, "When somebody's asked you, you say yes. Like if they want to give you something, you say yes." That's a great thing. Would you like some cocaine? Listen. And I said yes. Among many other things. And I said yes. And it was a good night. The first night. It was the sixth sixth weekend that wasn't so good. Yeah. Wait, so what was the the, the punchline of this story? There was nothing. That's the punchline. There's nothing. It's a long long joke that ends with nothing. (laughs) We leave you nothing. There's no pudding. So, Paul, how long have you been drawing and uh and and creating these works uh pretty much since i was a little kid like everybody else started out drawing garfield and you know stuff like that and kiss of course because yeah. you know yeah but not everyone gets good yeah though, so how, how, did you get how good? good were you at I, Im- Im- imitating jim davis like how good is your garfield <laughs> like if i had to hold a gun against your head and said draw jim davis 1979 first fucking garfield uh, like because you know I'm, garfield I'm looked different been- I've always been bad at copying stuff for whatever reason. Like some people are like, oh, I can look at something and draw it, but I can't come up with something out of my head. I'm completely the opposite. Like I can reading music versus hearing it and being able to play by ear. Yeah. And it's the same, same with music. Honestly, I can write a song way easier than I can learn a song. Any of the songs that I've learned, I learned from watching YouTube or it just kind of accidentally, I played it one day or something like that because my ear, like I can't, hear something and be like oh that's this chord you know what i mean like yeah it doesn't work that way but i can javon's like right do not compute <laughs> can't understand how do you not hear the sixth it's all, <laughs> no, it's I all got the opposite yeah it's, it's all magic to me <laughs> it all just kind of happens you know you just wiggle your fingers and magic happens <laughs> i don't know what any of it means <laughs> that's great though no i think that's probably why you're such a good artist and a good drummer is like you can't you, you don't you're not in the box of the limitations of like what are the rules that's like my biggest downfall in a lot of ways from classical training is yeah like yeah i put anything in front of me and i'll be able to decode it and figure out how to play it one way or another but right. give me a blank canvas to like write something and i have like debilitating anxiety <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's funny. I was just uh, introduced to the idea of outsider art and like outsider music and stuff like that, and the concept of like, do you guys have no, you guys heard it, of that? No, term I was going to ask, what is outsider? So it's she's basically not, she's any, not part of Gen Pop. <clears throat> anybody oh who <laughs> I'm never going to live. I learned these things from the internet, you know. But uh, it's outsider art is like art created by people who weren't trained or like mm. aren't you know. So like gen pop like necessarily artists, you know yeah, what I mean? Seems, it's just that seems somebody very who, weird to me because I think art, like music, I, there's anybody can yeah, do what it, is right? That? Yeah, and it is, yeah, exactly. it's everybody is. That's what I thought well, yeah, too. Why did it, because I am apparently that sounds right. like sounds like apparently, something that someone from Berkeley came up with. Yeah, right. Like apparently, <laughs> like I am an outsider outsides. artist and an outsider musician, even to a certain extent, because I'm self-taught and I don't have any theory yeah, behind no, anything. Yeah, no, that's bullshit. I call bullshit on that. But in a way, like like outsider music. Music, like outsider music is more like people like playing a guitar who have no idea how to play a guitar. Like uh, David Lynch does some stuff and he doesn't like play the guitar like people play the guitar, but he plays it the way someone who has no idea how to play a guitar would play it. I haven't actually listened to any of it, but because it's David Lynch, I have faith that it's brilliant. But, uh, but there's other stuff that I've heard. Like if you go on uh, YouTube, there's videos about this, you know, whole movement of outsider this, music. This people and, that suck. They're just like, yes, no, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an outsider. That's the whole thing. Yep. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, it's not that I, I don't was going to learn, learn how to, how to play. play. But then I just decided to give myself this classification. Right. right. And probably like, are I, doing better than we are. Yeah. And like in I, selling records. Totally. <laughs> well, set the bar low. You know what I mean? Under promise and overachieve. So just call yourself an outsider. So when you play like Green Day, they think you're goddamn savant. Right. Right. <laughs> Bro, how did you figure out how to make what is that chord? I think they call it a bar chord in the, in the people that, that read good world. Well, you did that, dude. Have you ever seen those guys that like perform with like a pile of like junk and stuff on a table and like a snare drum? And yeah. They, like, oh, yeah, I was just going to say I've seen yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. That's that's outsider music and, you know, interesting that whole avant garde. But kind hold of on. Thing. If anyone yeah, yeah. looks at your art and I hope that Corey does a really cool like montage um, that <laughs> Paul can then, you know, Corey's use for brain his website. is like more work. But, hold on. but like if you look at his art, like it, there's such a unique style to it. There's such a specific cartoon esque style to it. It's very surreal. Um, your the, the, the thing I like about it is so I, I'll just grab something because I have so much random art. Um, you, you know, you never, you really never know. Like, with, this, with this moon, am I okay? the only one not wearing sweatpants? <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying, with your art, like if you get anything from, okay, here's a perfect example. <laughs> um, wait, this is, this is, what does this mean? You guys interpret this to me, okay? The, the, this is this is Paul's art, okay? I have it on my wall. I think that this is fucking brilliant. Now, yeah, for it's like kind of futuristic. Like, do you want to talk? Little... Do you want to talk about what this looks like, Corey or Siobhan, to the so other it, people listening? Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's definitely it's uh, it's chaos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got it's got like a very uh, who's that dude? Who's the melty clock dude? Salvador Dali. Salvador Dali. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, it's but hold got on, can, can we tell him of... what it is? It's like a, it's like a guy. Yeah. So for it's anyone a... not looking, it's sort of oh, like yeah, what, yeah. like a record player with the the, the head. So is it's like a guy. A player. Yeah, it's a it's a guy with a record player, old fashioned record Phonograph. player sort of head uh for a head and uh he's holding a guitar that's like floppy it's like a soft oh my gosh i thought it was a soft fish. guitar <laughs> if you will 
like uh, Salvador Salvador Dali called them soft clocks. Yeah, right. uh, so okay, that, okay, was, okay. that would be a soft a soft guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah definitely so, guitar. <laughs> yeah, no. The point is, is like, but but think about like what that could mean. Like, okay, so it's a record player that's playing, but then he. He can play a record, but he can't play an actual instrument. Like, what yeah, is no, that? The, there's so the many player is crying too for some reason. I don't yeah, know. it's crying for some reason. <laughs> so like, so everybody's well, probably wait, wait. sad. He's sad about his. But guitar. it's brilliant yeah. because it leaves yeah. you with so many questions. Like, no, and, and that's it could what's be- amazing. But so, <laughs> if you sit down to do a piece of art, like, is, does it just like happen? Do you have an idea? Like, you get an image in your head. Like, I'm so curious. Like, where does that idea come from? So the- I would never think of that. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that I don't think of them really either. It's generally I, I start drawing and it just kind of happens wow. as it happens. Usually, happy if accidents. I have a concept, are they happy accidents? Yeah, usually if I if I have an idea in my head, I don't like the way it comes out because it never turns out as good as the idea in my head that you just do. Yeah, right. How how often since you're doing kind of a stream of consciousness type of you know uh, drawing, like do you run into a wall and and crumple it up and throw it away? Um. I don't know. I do a lot of erasing. Okay. So I, I generally... He's too uh, cheap to throw it away, Corey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Papers uh, I work the way the, the comic book artists work. They generally do everything in pencil first, and then they go over it with the ink, and then mm-hmm. they go over with the color. So you're just a tracer. Yeah, I'm a tracer. <laughs> of his own thing. But I trace, yeah, I trace my own lines. So. No, I just pulled up and I saw this one the other day. Oh, you can't really see it on the thing. Oh, there, there you go. go. Yeah, Beautiful. Yeah, I saw this oh, one. I was like, you. wow, that's amazing. Yeah, see, like that one, I had no idea what that was going to be. I just started kind of like. But couldn't it mean so much that like you, you're in a relationship that's synergistic, but then yeah. there's a hole in it somehow, but yet the uh, the world outside. Like, yeah, like I look at all those and I go, I, that, I was just like, so oh, I'll just draw a this, crack Would you think here. it was Paul that goes, that means nothing? Or would you think that that guy's brilliant? So like this, is where, this is where I think that, and this is where my, uh, this is why I don't consider myself like a, a art connoisseur. Because what Paul's saying, I get. He's like, I'm just drawing shit. It's, it's happening. And then there's people like Ben. They're like, no, what it is is it means this. And it's it really represents. <laughs> and that's like the entire art industry. Right. Was and that it, your it imitation, Corey? Mind. Did it come out finally? <laughs> no, yeah, 46 totally episodes yeah. in? Right. Well, I mean, it's what you sounded like. No, and, that's, <laughs> and that's that's the great thing about art is that anybody can take what out right. of it what they want it to be. And it could mean a million different things to a million different people. That's one of the things that I love about David Lynch is that he doesn't like to explain his movies, even though they're the craziest, most nonsensical things you can imagine, because it's it means so many different things to so many different people. And explaining it just kind of takes the, the mystery yeah. and magic out of it. It's how a lot of songwriters are with lyrics too, and, and that too. It, it's yeah, it's same thing. And then there's there's definitely lyricists that are like, no, I picked that word because it rhymed with it, right? And then right. someone's like, yeah, but that changed my life, and they're like, exactly. And you're I, like, I'm I, glad, yeah. But <laughs> it just rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that uh, that footage of the guy that showed up at John Lennon's house. Yeah, yep. And he's like, no, but you were singing that song to me. And he's like, no, man, they're just words. He's like, I just wrote a song and sang it, and I'm glad yeah. it meant something to you, but. I wasn't writing it about you, <laughs> yeah. but that's great wow. that that can move somebody to that point. You know what I mean? That they think that it's written for them. You know, I mean, do you think that's why Yoko screamed like she does? Probably, probably. Like, cause I, cause I, my favorite thing ever with John Lennon was when he's at the Rolling Stones circus and he's on stage <laughs> and he's playing with like uh, Chuck Berry. And yeah. he's playing with like I want to say some of the guys from the Rolling Stones, and they're like they're fucking rocking, dude. Because like I mean, it's their prime of the Beatles and the Stones and Chuck Berry's like just created rock and roll before he peed on a bunch of people. And <laughs> all of a sudden, Yoko Ono comes in and she's like, ah, ah, 
God does your fucking Yoko Ono like absolutely unlistenable, so, shrieky shit. And Chuck Berry literally looks to John Lennon like, yo, dude, get your bitch under fucking control. <laughs> it was the best. Yeah. If, it was if the you, best. And this was in not, the 50s. Yeah, if 60s, you have not 60s. seen it, look it up. Uh, I have not. Okay. I have to Bill, watch it. Bill Burry, and look it yeah, up with the I was Bill Burr say, commentary. Yes, exactly. Oh, just Bill Burr talk about it? I love Bill Don't Burr. even watch the original video. Just search yeah. Bill Burr, Yoko Ono, and it is the single greatest I'm, I'm like wait like, bill burr talks about that i love bill burr yeah you you, you definitely know the, that it's, it's one of his like bigger like youtube video things oh yeah yeah um i've totally. seen bill burr since like 1903 so like i mean i could have internal but i also remember watching the rolling stone circus which is a fucking phenomenal thing and thinking yeah. that the first time i saw it because anybody like in bill burr i'm sure articulated fucking phenomenally yeah if you oh, watch bill burr's thing you'll be amused if you watch the actual video you'll be horrified and angry so yeah. <laughs> I, I recommend to get the full experience just, just watch bill, just watch bill burr's version of it yeah oh my gosh. <laughs> in fact why don't you just shut off this program and just go watch yeah, bill just, burr yeah, just, you know <laughs> we'll wait we'll wait it's way better we'll cool just, we'll hang out here for five six minutes in silence is no in fact, oh, we should put it now? out right now. We should put that in one of the squares. <laughs> we'll all watch Bill Burr together. <laughs> yeah, we should just quietly. But we, we, well, we already didn't monetize it because your ball bag cat is just floating around with yeah. its anus in everyone's face. So like, we might as well just copyright infringe. While we're <laughs> well, it's, now it's shy. <laughs> <laughs> this, look like a, this does not look like a cat from that angle I'm just, it looks dude it's from the island of Dr. Moreau literally dude listen to Harvey Levin okay just adopt an animal don't get a sphinx you're a douchebag yeah. if you're going and spending $3,000 on an animal when there are animals literally begging it, to be in a house beautiful animals maybe even like animals that are sphinxes but they've been abused or what help them don't create fucking amalgamations of genetics <laughs> that are literally monstrosities to DNA. That's 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 more like RNA, DNA, and some other shit mixed together, and then you got a cat that's kind of a cat, but like Paul, that cat ain't like no cat. And I love Blizzard, <laughs> but he is not like he is not a cat. He's very majestic looking. So right? majestic. That is a very majestic. Like he's <laughs> posing right now. Yeah. If you guys aren't, if you guys are just listening right now, make sure Cats you check don't out. Do that. Check out the YouTube video because this cat is amazing. <laughs> I have to get a stuffed cat to do that. Like he's my got cat personality. <laughs> well, so Paul, to go back to your art real quick. So uh, you know, you've obviously developed a style. So how you said you you know you just kind of do it. You don't necessarily think in advance of some of your creations. But how did you like? refine a style because there is there are consistencies among all of your pieces that you've done there's definitely certain elements that that uh recur in a lot of my drawings but um yeah it's it's i mean it's i feel like like every kind of art you just kind of take little pieces of things that you like from different people and kind of try to merge them into what you're doing and you know jam things together and combine this element from this thing and this element from that and it's a lot of, you know, I mean, I, I've always loved Salvador Dali and H.R. Uh, Giger and like there's so many artists, but then like comic book art and anime and like even things like, you know, movies like Nightmare Before Christmas and, oh, yeah. and all of Tim Burton's artwork is amazing. And, <clears throat> and what is it even about? Like, so, well, sorry, sorry. Um, no, that's okay. Like the, the surreal aspect of it. Like what is it that like draws you to that? Um, I just like the freedom i guess of just kind of being able to try to draw any weird random combination of things that i can mm. and try to make yeah. it work or try to make it like turn into something else or you know 
and and like I was saying about it meaning different things to different people like you know like like you said about the crack with the hole in the you know re- representing something in a relationship or something like that but literally like I was just like oh maybe I'll draw a crack over here. <laughs> and like <laughs> that's- no that's what I say but it's like you're drumming on Lost Symphony because a lot of people have sat down with me and been like dude you're like especially drummers Dude, the drumming, like especially like in this song, like you're doing 13, 8, and like, I'm like drummers, I am. Drummers get like, crazy, man. No, they get crazy, dude. And they analyze your shit. I'm like, do you realize Paul just I, I came wish down? I was as crazy as some He of was upset drums. that morning because he got called into work, like to fucking work at a music store. Came down, played the drums in like 43 minutes. I sent those to, to Corey. He used the fourth track and fixed one bass note. And that was it. <laughs> and like, that's all you do. Like, and people are like, there's nothing more to it. No, he just fucking played the best drums the first time, like your art. And that's what I think is crazy because I listen to your drums and I go, that's fucking brilliant. But to be able to like have a subconscious that's so deep and yet mm-hmm. your your consciousness is so shallow. It's, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> that's the trick. That's you the got joy. it. That's the joy of being else. A, it's the joy of being a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a walking contradiction. <laughs> Corey knows. Do I? No, you don't? Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> you don't buy into the Gemini uh, uh, just stuff. You know, if people find meaning in stuff, I'm happy for them. Oh, don't See, you know that Corey exactly. doesn't believe in anything? It's all what Corey it means doesn't to believe you. in yeah. anything that's even remotely supernatural and to I, do with any pseudoscience. You know, I, I don't feel like I believe in it. I just feel like I like using it as an excuse to be flaky because I'm super <laughs> <Yeah>. flaky. <laughs> Dude, whenever but Mercury's it, it in retrograde, it's the fucking best time because anytime something fucked up come, happens, I'm just like, bro, Mercury is in retrograde. Totally. You know I mean? It's like, or or maybe life sucks. There's no punchline. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I'm weirdly on like the edge. Like, obviously, you know, I like art and music, but I'm also super anti bullshit. Like, yeah. and that, and I don't mean that as like an uh, offensive thing. I just like, uh, if my own personal, like, if I think something's right. disingenuous, no, um, I'm, I'm, I'm super against that. So I'm totally with that's you. Ki- that is actually kind of a, maybe I am a Gemini contradiction. Because uh, yep. <laughs> I think that, like, uh, you know, uh, that, art art and stuff like that does mean something to people but to me i th- i think if i see artwork i like it's because oh that looks cool i like yeah. that and then if someone's standing next to me is looking at that and goes oh that's you know uh you know a message on society and i get how the, it's the affluence versus and i go it almost ruins go, it for shut you shut the fuck up shut right, the fuck up right it almost is- ruins it for you i'm the same way i'm like you know what it's it's not about what you have to say about it or what you think it means or what or even what i think it means it's really about the feeling that you get when you look at it and how mm-hmm. it makes you feel and how it makes you react do you like it do you not like it does it make you feel something anything mm-hmm. yeah Yep, Paul. I feel like knowing you, I can sum up how you feel about it in like the Van Halen, Van Hagar scenario. Because David Lee Roth, <laughs> tell me if I'm right. David Lee Roth was the real deal. He wasn't a good singer. In fact, Ted Templeman even said back in the before they even made Van Halen one, maybe we should get this guy from Montrose. Like it's a true story. Yep. They were going to yep. ask Sammy, but instead they're like they have a really good chemistry. Like that guy's cool. He's got a six pack. He's got like the nice fucking hair thing going on. <laughs> he fucks all the guys' girlfriends, and he believes <laughs> when he's saying, "Give me something, give me something to write on." He literally was probably saying to Ted Templeman, like some girls asking for his number. He's like, "Give me something to write on," and Eddie was like, "Dude, keep that." Like, and that's what made Van Halen cool because they were a party rock band with this amazing drummer, this amazing bass player, this incredible guitar player doing crazy shit. But they're a party band, 
Then when Van, when Sammy Hagar came in, it was a corporate decision because Sammy Hagar had already made money. He came off a tour, dude. He was already almost as big as Van Halen with Can't Drive 55 and all the fucking shit that was going. Like, he was huge. He was the red rocker. So when he got a call from Eddie, he was like, no, dude, I don't want to be back on the road because he was already making tons of money. So when he joined the band, everyone's like, oh, man. That's kind of like, you know, if you put Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior together when they're not really friends, that's fucking weird. So, like, they're on stage. The Red Rocker's not even playing guitar anymore because you got Eddie Van Halen over there, and they make corporate rock. While Eddie Van Halen thinks to himself, this guy can actually sing. So, even though I wrote right now in 1983, I'll fucking play it with this corporate dude because he can fucking pull off my shit. But to you, to you, you're like, fuck that shit. I don't want to hear synthesizers. <laughs> the only synthesizer I want is at the beginning of the album before 1984 starts. And then it's fucking to straight shred awesomeness until I'll wait. But then that's Eddie playing on the fucking synthesizer, but not along with just Sammy doing his fucking lame power ballads. Am I right? The corporate America versus David Lee Roth believes what he's saying on those records versus Sammy Hagar's writing what people need to hear to get a hit. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, you know, I'm a Dave guy, uh, you know, and I love Sammy and I feel bad. You know, I don't want to diss the guy or anything. He's he wrote now? some amazing how about, songs. How about in 2021? You know? What's your opinion on both those those characters there? Oh, oh yeah. Well, we've oh, had debates now, about like this in now. modern times. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I call Paul about this all the time. Honestly, at this point, neither one of them is doing <laughs> anything spectacular. Let's face it. You don't I think mean, Sammy's pretty good for 72? I think he sounds great. Well, yeah, he's pretty good for 72. But I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Even when I saw him back, you know, when they did the Sam and Dave tour, I was, I was like, there. I saw that. Yep. I was like, I don't know. He looked like somebody's weird aunt with giant <laughs> shirts and hair and just but he like sounds he, good. Is the point? Yeah, no, he sounded all right, but he looks <laughs> like horrible. He looks it's horrible funny. and sounds horrible. And then like, David Lee it? Roth like sa- looked great, but he, he sounded, you know. He, but honestly, he wasn't bad. And he was. And he could still do those little screams. He, he wasn't bad till 2007. That's when like it all started going to hell. When we first when we first saw him, I remember Paul. I have it on my my wall somewhere. But we went and saw him on Halloween, like the night before Halloween in Madison Square Garden. And I was not Madison gonna, Square Garden. No, no, no. Excuse me, uh, the Boston Garden. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Boston Garden. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, some chick flaked on me or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I gotta take Paul. Like Paul loves Van Halen. Like I want to go with someone who appreciates Van Halen. Fuck, fuck these people that don't know Van Halen. And I, Paul came with me and we like had tears. I had tears in my eyes. Paul was just like, this is really good. Um, but da- David Lee Roth sounded pretty pussy. fucking good. Like th- he was good enough. Eddie Van Halen on stage with Alex Van Halen and David Lee Roth just doing anything was feel good like- enough then that we didn't, I wasn't upset until 2000, maybe 10 was when I realized like I was being duped by David Lee Roth. You should only be allowed to cry at Sammy, Sammy Hagar era Van Halen. <laughs> Never cry with Dave. <laughs> Never let Dave see you cry. <laughs> he didn't write any songs that made anybody but cry. Steven Tyler said, <laughs> "You see me crying." You remember that yeah. one? Toys. Yep. The, is that the song that you don't listen to one. on Toys in the Attic? No, I like that song. You I like actually, that one? I don't, I don't listen to it because it makes me sad. That's a sad song. It's very good, but it's very sad. Yeah. Well, so so Steven Tyler can can do sad, but not Sammy Hagar. Well, he could he could do sad until you know. 1988 or something like that, and then so when was, so when so Pump when he started out, actually like, when his when his sad songs became popular is when they would started being terrible in my opinion. So like Jamie's <laughs> got a gun. Jamie's got a gun is good. That's a good one. 
Uh, Angel is 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 still pretty good, but anything after that. How about what it takes? What it takes is good. Okay, but, but uh, crazy, amazing, crying is okay. You don't like get a grip. Awful. You like eighty-seven, eighty-eight. It's ninety-three. But I you don't like, like I like living on the edge is okay. Okay, it's but funny. I'm saying, I'm, I'm but trying you have to no figure out the threshold here. Like it's what? it's a very fine line. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but generally, I draw the line at um, draw no the unintended. Uh, <laughs> I draw the line at uh, dude looks like a lady. That's where I kind of like. That's eighty-eight. Okay, so you didn't like that song. Yeah, like they started putting out songs that sucked. Before that, there was no songs that sucked. Every Aerosmith song was awesome on every album. So, what's your what's your criteria? Is it is it lyrical, melodic, or just production wise? I don't know. It's kind of like I was saying about art. It's just kind of like how it makes you feel, it's and just the way and, it hits you. Yeah. And it's and it's probably a, a bit of what we were saying about being disingenuine, disingenuous, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just something feeling genuine or yeah. feeling forced. And it's like a lot of these bands, when they start making a, a million dollars and a million hits, that's great. And they're making money and all yeah. that. But it's like the songs just don't resonate with me because it's like they're just churning them out to make money or to, or to be a certain way. Or and to get like radio forcing play. It, yeah, yeah it does, doesn't necessarily work with Aerosmith. But there's <clears> also uh, the whole thing where you know a band's first record and their early work is... 10, Something 15 years in the making. Worked it's, on it takes forever. forever. And right. then, you know, they Second get success and it's syndrome. like, shit, we got to follow up. And now you have this like mad like, dash to recapture the magic. Right. You have and one then, year to write 10 years worth of material. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, there's always, well, there's the a lot thing of bands about with you the effort. You, when I first met Paul, even when we were in our first band in like 2006 or seven or wherever it was, he still gave me a bunch of MP3s and folders, like probably eight, eight albums worth of material. Like yeah, I have like I have twenty years ago, like eight eight. Yeah. So like I I I genuinely think if anybody like, wants I, any I, songs. I, even even Corey myself, Corey's in this game. <laughs> get your songs here. Don't get give your songs, songs people, away. People, Sell them. Do people buy songs? No. is that a thing? I don't think so. Well, no, they people just, do. But that's why we're not, selling art. We're I, not it's at the bottom of the screen, so you, you can't can even get Paul. people to can't even get people to take your songs. Most feed Paul Can you just listen to it for free? Yeah. I know. No, head, no, head, on to, head on down to Nashville, Paul, and just start standing on the corner and see what happens. <laughs> songs, <laughs> songs. <laughs> Get your songs. Someone's gonna be like, "Dude, you sell bongs?" Yeah. Like, nah, man. Bongs? What's that? Sarongs? No. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's the same with the art. You know, I just I don't know. I just keep fucking piling them up. Whatever. It's really it's we're gonna joy, sell it. The joy is in the making. It. The joy is in the making of the art and the and the writing of the song. You know what I mean? It's that that's where I have fun. I'm doing an intervention because literally every one of your friends, I, I know this. Every one of them that's listening is like, dude, I wish I had some of Paul's art other than just fucking getting a calendar that no one fucking uses a calendar anymore. You fucking great business idea. Let's make a calendar when everyone has one on their iPhone. It's they not don't a give new a idea. I've been just making cut it since, up. Just I've been cut it up since the nineties. <laughs> no, I, I know. And in the nineties, people use calendars along with Rolodexes. Well, what am I going to do? Make an iPhone. And, I can't make an iPhone. <laughs> I know. That's why we're making a Shopify. We're making a Shopify so people can actually pay. Like I went on to Etsy and I saw this digital download. $20. Holy shit! Could you imagine? Oh, yeah, easily. Paul, you yeah. Well, s- sold his calendars for twenty dollars and didn't even realize that the shipping was half of that. So he paid people ten dollars. <laughs> no, no, to- it wasn't. It wasn't that much. They were only like two dollars to ship. I still made eight dollars. 
<laughs> I know I should have I should have said plus he's the worst shipping. but here's the thing is but we're trying to sell his art right? we're trying to sell his art his, his art like that. one page in 11 money. by 17 should be at least a $40 <laughs> thing and I'm saying that for all artists out there because I, look at all the stuff I have around I'm your customer I literally bought all of his stuff and I believe in it and, and it's sad that I have to literally call Paul and tell him listen man I know times are tough COVID sucks you're not able to gig you have a million dollars worth of artwork that you've done for the last 73 years of your existence, you vampire. Why don't you sell some of it? Ugh, why would I why would I try to make money with my talents? It's useless. It's it's futile. No, I just feel so, like nobody's, you know, Nobody cares. Nobody cares. No one cares about you. <laughs> Nobody wants my crap. You, no, you they got, do though. They do. You and that's got the robbed at gun. He got robbed no. at gunpoint and he realized he didn't even fear for his life because he knew that they didn't care about him enough. He no. even tried to hurt him. Tell, can you tell us that story, Paul? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was working, and a guy came in, and he started yelling. <laughs> and he was wearing a motorcycle helmet, and he had a gun. And he said, give me all your money. And I gave him At all the my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you were, you told me you were like, I know, you first off, you hated it all the and- did it someone Did it someone get mad at you for your shirt? Like, oh yeah, that was a different story. But yeah, I know it was. But, but, so, but so you hated the fucking bank. So like when the guy <laughs> you told me when you told me the story, and we'll we'll leave it. You told me the story. It was a very fun time we were having. And uh, he told me this. He told me the story, and he's like, "Dude, oh, I basically hopped, romantic. skipped, and jumped right to the fucking vault." I was like, "Oh, what? Do you want it in hundreds? Do you want it in tens? I counted it all out, all happy." And meanwhile, didn't you tell me one of your fucking friends that worked there was like, "How? Like, I was pissing myself, and you're sitting there all calm." And like meanwhile, you're just like, "Fuck it." Take all the money. You, you want their watch? That guy has a Rolex. You should take that off of him too. He probably has mutual funds hidden away in the fucking back room. Well, no, none of that's true, but that's a, <laughs> I like that that's the way you remembered it. <laughs> a valuable lesson with a Ben story. Thanks, Shannon Larkin. <laughs> did this person get caught though? Did they? Did they uh, yeah, find no, out? they did. Okay. They did get caught. So when they when they were trying to leave, he he came in and he was totally covered head to toe with a motorcycle helmet and everything. Had his hands covered up. When he left. He couldn't get his motorcycle to start. So he's like, he's like, oh, man, fucking kicking the thing and kicking the thing. And there's like people coming in through the door and we're like locking the door like, no, you know, we've been robbed. But uh, yeah, so he ended up leaving and getting away that day. But he ended up getting caught because him and his like friends had been robbing places around where they lived like idiots. It's, it's never the got to go a couple the, towns over. Yeah. yeah, it's never the smart people that rob banks. So I have a question. Did you have like a secret button you hit? Um, so there are secret buttons, but they tell you not to hit them until <laughs> until the person leaves. Oh, okay. Because they don't want the person to see you hit a secret button and then shoot you. I guess. You got to tell them the story about somebody complaining about your shirt because that's fucking hilarious. Like, And the, you want to know the funny part about the bank? I remember one time Paul comes in angry because he had seen the movie They Might Get Loud, which is like, what, Jack White and fucking <laughs> okay, The that's, Edge? That's, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a story that wouldn't get me in trouble. <laughs> okay, you want to tell that story? Tell that story. So, so yeah, I, I worked at the bank for 13 years. Uh, as a bank teller and one day I was watching that you know was it they might get loud that's the name of it yeah with uh the edge and Jimmy Page it, and Jack White it might White. get loud right it might get loud yeah. there you go yep and uh you know they're all talking about how the big fat rock stars and how awesome it is and, you know <laughs> I spend all day playing with my pedals and you know everybody <laughs> thinks I'm great 
But so at one point he's like, you know, it's really lucky that I, you know, I, I have a career in music and I hooked up with these guys and, you know, I mean, who knows what could have happened. I could have been a bank teller. <laughs> I was like, really the edge? That's like the worst thing that you could possibly imagine. Like, like not like, you know, I could have been, you know, shoveling um, shit, mopping up, you know, a whack off booth or something like that, you know, or like, not, uh, you know, I could be sorting, I could be sorting garbage at the, he is know. a kid of the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I there think were people that actually worst, cleaned up honestly, those flufferies. Yeah. The worst job I can think of is probably mopping up at a whack off booth. <laughs> I can't, I can't Javon think of wasn't even things. alive for those things. She doesn't even know why. Do those exist Herman anymore? Arrested. If they do in the, in the, in the, yeah, in this you era. know, this era of COVID, is that still a thing? <laughs> uh, well, I know that pre-COVID, there is a place that I am aware of. Uh, <laughs> not far from you and I. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. And these right people up don't, in, don't Right up in uh, Route 44 in Rainham there. There's a, uh, God there's bless a, them. There's Some... an adult store, and it's got a uh, little section, at least it did last time I heard. I had a friend who worked there, in fact. Or two friends that worked there, in fact. Was, was it a movie called Clerks? Uh, no, but I, I lived the movie Clerks, basically, because I worked at a video store for five years. So, like, what kind of shit came like, what was it? What, what was a day like? Because here's what people don't understand. If you weren't alive in the 80s and the 90s, like, like as a full cognizant human being, you don't know what going to Blockbuster was like and trying to get the, the oh. VHS or the DVDs or how funny a movie like Clerks is or to realize that you can't even make sound wave of goddamn fucking cassette player because it doesn't exist or Megatron a fucking gun because that's not legal after 1980 with all a little fucking orange thing on it. But Paul, you worked at an old school video store. Like you could back in the day go where, where they had liquor and fucking penny candies and fucking like the, the penthouse and then the, all that shit and you could get the dollar rental shit. I could only, what did you see Paul? Thank, what was the paint a picture? Thankfully, we did not have an adult section. So that's one thing that I was glad about my, my particular video store. I didn't have to know that about people. Because I can't imagine like knowing people's kinks when they come in. Like, oh, that's, that's that guy. The back room with the curtain there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the little the secret door yeah. where the guy, you know, you walk around and you take a couple of laps like you're going to get a regular movie. And then you're like, oh, what's this door over here? <laughs> oh, come out knew? with a giant strap on. Yeah, you come out with like a stack of movies under your arm. <laughs> <laughs> busy night eh <laughs> uh yeah so no but it was it was fun it was it was it was an awesome job working at the video store was like i worked at the video store i worked at the comic book store um what's that like though like what what kind of people come into video stores and comic book stores in like the 90s uh everybody well not comic book stores only geeks go to comic book stores <laughs> but the best kind of geeks but um, yeah, no, everybody went to the Blockbuster. At that time, that was all there was to do. There was no internet. There was either you watch your boring TV, you find something to go do, or you go and rent a movie. What movie do you re would you recommend? What was your go-to? Like, man, I'm having a boring night. I need a like, Blockbuster something. Oh, I don't know. God, anything. I mean, any Quentin Tarantino movie is great on any What's occasion. your go-to Quentin Tarantino movie? Well, back then it would have been Pulp Fiction or um, maybe Jackie Brown or something but on, like but that. But was Pulp Fiction, did you not like Pulp Fiction after it became cool? No, I loved it. I love it. It's awesome. Do you, but do you hate how people like 
now revere or do you like the Quentin Tarantino's recognized as one of the greatest no, I love in history? I love him. I think he's great. <clears throat> I don't think Paul's a contrarian. <clears throat> like, I think that no. he's just opinionated. Like, that's no, I'm just I trying just, to get just to the bottom honestly, of it. Like, I just honestly neurosis. like things that people don't like. Yeah, and but, it's weird, but but, but it doesn't seem like you. It doesn't seem like that you. I'm not trying to be. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you don't like them because people like them. It seems right. like you're just you had like this uh, this idea. Like a lot of it seems like if, you're in one position, and then then people shift to a different position, and just the change itself is is what turns you off. Yeah. Not necessarily the fact that oh now people like that, so I don't like it. It's not, not a right. hipster attitude. Right. No, no, that doesn't bother me. It's uh, occasionally something like when Ren and Stimpy became huge and everybody does the imitation of something that annoys me to the point where it, it kind of frustrates me with the whole thing. But yeah. still like I never stopped liking Ren and Stimpy or Beavis and Butthead or any number of things that, you know, people imitated until I wanted to rip my head off. Yeah. The funny See, part is that, like there's nobody that realized like, I need TP for my bum hole. Like they yeah. don't even get what that means. Like, you know, like, if, if I'm doing that, they just think like, is there something wrong with you? And like, yeah, but like, do you not catch the reference? I'm sure most people listening to this would. Get yeah. That. yeah. We, we don't have a young demographic. Yeah. <laughs> We're not getting that, that 18 to 25 demo. Well, now it's yeah. on Pluto TV, which you can get for fucking free. Um, 24 hours a day. Like, no, there's like a Beavis and Butthead channel. It's fucking brilliant, dude. Like, they're like, hey, let's take a bunch of shows that like only like a a bunch of niche people like, like there's a 24 hour fear factor uh, fucking show of just Joe Rogan being like, yeah, eat the spider, eat the spider. (laughs) And there's like American Ninja Warrior full time channel. And then there's an Adams Family full time channel. Like shit that you're, oh, and uh, uh, um, a Bob Ross painting channel like all the time. So if I want to calm down, I literally watched like two hours of Bob Ross. I have learned so much you about should, cleaning my brush. You should watch. You should watch endless hours of Bob. Yeah, just beat the devil out of it. <laughs> <laughs> just beat the devil out. I just like doing it. Sometimes I just like cleaning it. Yep. <laughs> so it's it's interesting that like uh, content is digested that way now, where you can just go to the Bob Ross channel and you can go to all these different things. Like, yeah, I wonder how it. I wonder how discovery is going to work. Like in the in little the literal sense of like discovering new things is going to work over the next like few years because there's so much stuff there. Well, like this Bob Ross energy drink. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> what? <laughs> does it make you go to sleep? What the fuck is I don't know, man. <laughs> like, this is not the... Ha- How did you have is, 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 is this like a who popular said, energy who drink? Who said, I need a spokesperson for my well, energy I, I drink? Wanna, <laughs> well, it has a bunch of vitamins in, but like, who gets the permission to like get an energy drink? Because the funny part about Bob Ross is that this is actually, it makes sense in some ways, but in other ways not. Because he was originally a drill sergeant. So what people don't realize is that that really oh, wow. tame, very, very chill relax yeah it's a response to what was a response to basically his ptsd and he said that when he got out of the uh, of the military that he never wanted to yell at people again he never wanted to yell at people again and he only had the fro because he was too cheap to do his hair so he just kept with it and he gave every single dollar he ever made to animals to animal sanctuaries, to helping animals. So yeah. that dude basically went over to war with some badass, like, get up, motherfucker! I'll fucking kill you! I'll skull fuck you! Wow, gets home, gets PTSD, and he's like, I don't think Bob Ross trees. said, I'll skull fuck you, but... Like, I don't know, man, he's a drill sergeant! If he was a good drill sergeant, he'd say, because so Jack Nicholson drill said Drill sergeants, it. they can't swear. They, for the most part, I mean, maybe back in that, that point, but like, oh, there's a whole up, thing dude. with... They dropped an atom bomb on people. They can fucking swear. Dude, there's a whole... Th- <laughs> yeah. 
Fat fat boy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They probably swore when they dropped an atom Yeah, bomb. dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, they gave him acid. Do you not remember MK Ultra? The government was literally oh, I, like, I hey, let's just give that. this random fucking politician acid. <laughs> oh, and they can't swear, away, though. Bro. Don't swear, but you can fucking see God. We're cool. Bombs away like your shirt, bro. Bombs away. Bombs away. Bombs How did away. we end up in this place? I don't know, but Where, this, is a good, <laughs> this is a good time. We got, we got about 10 minutes left to, to pivot. As we Pivot. do, uh, yep. To let's Using talk about your, your current projects, Paul. Like, what are you working on now Lost musically? Because yeah, that's current. And, and if you Paganini's pump, coming up, if you could pump Lost Symphony as much as possible in the next yes. ten minutes, that'd be great. <laughs> Subscribe. Well, there's Lost Symphony, uh, Lost Symphony, Lost Symphony, Lost Symphony. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm also uh, Bloodline Theory is uh, my band, Check and uh, yeah, we have music out that you can get if you look us up uh tell people what uh what kind of music it's you uh you know it's metal uh is it like know. motley crew metal no it's more like 90s metal like uh like nine inch nails like, like eclectic kind of metal we we kind of try to throw in some different stuff and have some you know some funky parts and some reggae parts and some you know actual like you know, just a little bit of diversity in in our... I've seen you guys live several times, and what I really like about you is the fact that there is uh, no formula in the sense that, like, it, it is, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy as fuck at times, but then you might go into a reggae section, and it doesn't feel necessarily like you're slamming stuff together. It, it all feels very natural, but you guys have a, a definite, like, vibe that, that it just almost like your artwork it, it just kind of seems like it, it just kind of flows uh in in whatever direction it seems to take but you guys are always super tight super solid and one thing i've also noticed that's very oh, very you. important you have full stack amps you bring <laughs> two kick drums you have <laughs> what lights the hell is and backing stuff do you have people that help you carry stuff Yes, we do. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Well, actually, so we, have, we have one. We have one guy who I feel bad for because he's as old as I am, and he he just loves doing it and he loves helping out. Wow! Chainsaw. God, That's God great. love him. Yep, chainsaw. Oh, oh we love, love chainsaw. chainsaw. Love he's chainsaw. Like, Let's just figure out TMS Five Twelve Protocol this weekend. Can't say enough good fun. things about that guy. He's yep. the best. Yep. He you remember helped. that time when I I had a flat tire and I called you to help me and you couldn't help me but you drove Jason to come help us. Yep. H us at that point. Yep. Yep. I was like, why the fuck would you call Jason's me? Jason's chainsaw. Of all people, like I am probably the most. You're the only person, person I knew in Taunton at the time. Now my fiance was from Taunton. I didn't like, know you her. You don't have triple A. Like who doesn't have triple A? <laughs> like it's like a hundred dollars for the I whole didn't want to. No, I have triple A. I just didn't want to <laughs> wait for it. What? Oh my why do you God. why do you pay for it? So you're paying for something you don't want to use? That's that doesn't that's against your beliefs. <laughs> Dude, I went to the buffet right afterwards, okay? That's right down the street on Cut 44. that out, Corey. Cut that out, Corey. That, that didn't come off. That little right. anti-Semitic <laughs> remark. <laughs> that was an unintentional anti-Semitic. No, you we've been friends for long enough. It's okay. It's okay. You're forgiven. Oh You've been God. pardoned. I know, I know you Cock don't care. Some ben has said it's more anti-Semitic stuff on this show than anyone else. Don't worry. I know, right? I know. It's not him I'm worried about offending. I know, I, Brian. Could, I know that's impossible. Actually, hold on. Didn't we say we were going to talk about that? Can you give us so a Brian who's in Lost Symphony, who composed all the music? Oh, you're gonna, I like Brian. <laughs> <laughs> gonna that make sounds it like sound it was like, said under duress. You're going to make it sound like I don't like Brian. I love no, Brian. No, no, but you have stories. 
No, well, you know, it's uh, not everybody works well in a room together in a band together. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's everybody's got different, you know, styles of writing, you know. Almost every time I showed up in Boston to work with Ben, he was in a massive fight with his brother, like to the point where I would be picked up in the car and Brian would be on the Bluetooth, like screaming. Yeah, you know, some some people sit around and hang out and, you know, kind of toss ideas around. Some people, you know, jump up and down and scream at the top of their lungs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it all depends on your style of communication. There was uh, there was probably five or six examples of Lost Symphony writing sessions that I happened to sit in on that that ended with Brian storming out of the studio and Ben turning to me saying, "Am I wrong? <laughs> no, well, you're not wrong. wrong. Fa- you're just an thing. asshole. No, no. My favorite thing, though, my favorite thing, though, in the entire is not Brian getting angry. It's it's actually a video of Ollie playing like a solo but he's sitting there like this and if you know my brother he literally will sit there like he's so disinterested that he's not like awake but he is he's like holding his head up just for mere gravity's sake and like so all these blistering our faces Corey and i are like whoa that's fucking rad i don't know what song we're working but it was rad just all he was always rad like everything he all of his ideas they might go weird but brian's literally sitting there like so disinterested and like why do i have to be here to witness his amazing metal as it's happening. <laughs> so, but that's, I think he probably stormed out later. So like he has a lot of different dynamics to his emotion range. Yeah, it usually had to do with with one of you two like talking about like a piano part and, and then it would just burn, it would just burn down to the point, like the most insignificant things would turn into this huge explosion. And I think what's funny is I think myself, Paul and Siobhan are kind of all of the same ilk of like, we're just sitting there on our, like our phones, like waiting for it to be over. Like, <laughs> you guys do your thing. Uh, and then your mom yeah. and Marie sitting there with popcorn and being like, this is great. This is great. Oh, no, Brian, don't you know you're wrong on the Ben, you have to give it to him on the, but this one, this one, he's clearly wrong. Like she would take sides and she's like, she loves it. She's like, she literally just like, the entertainment she's like, this factor. is the running, is the running of the just, bulls. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I always said that we could have a reality show in any of the bands that we have been in over the years. Oh my gosh. I remember one time we were in a band called the evening uh, and Brian, I don't know if Paul remembers this or not, but, but he almost threatened to, I think he threatened to quit the band because he was so upset about this, but Brian was down and there was a point where he was about to have his first kid. So he was becoming more and more disengaged and you know, me and, 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 and Paul just like, Fuck kids, we're just gonna make music. Like, what? What the fuck are you? Like, oh, Carefully you, you word that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, like, fuck the idea of even having procreating kids. in a world yeah, where COVID, you can't even walk outside <laughs> and breathe properly. Kids. Like, what do you even say to them? Like, do you tell them what gender they are? Like, I'm so confused. Like, I don't even understand. But back in the day, you like either decided to play in a band or you had a kid. So Brian, like, <laughs> he's like, I'm thinking probably about having a kid or something. And true. we're downstairs and we're rocking <laughs> out. I have an awesome studio. We're all playing. Like, we're fucking having a great time. Paul and I are, like, rocking out. We're with our guitar player, Pete, who's killing it. Malkin, our bass player. And Brian just gets all mad and frustrated because we're not doing something he says. And he just goes, I could be at home right now watching TV with my wife. And Paul's just like, (laughs) or you could be in a rock band playing rock music. I think I just said, well, why don't you? (laughs) That's, That's possible, too. That's... How I can fabulate stories. I mean, stories. if that's what you want to do, I'm not going to, I mean, don't, don't, 
play music on my account. (laughs) 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 My mom watches these and she's going to be laughing so hard. And then my brother's going to be throwing shade. And I feel bad. I love Brian. Don't, don't, (laughs) don't think I don't like Brian. I, I love Brian. We just, you know, don't work well in a room making music together. Every time I hang out with Brian, Brian, I agree with that one. In Brian's defense, Brian will agree with that. Brian I, I doesn't want to be in a room a with anybody, stuff. including no, me. True. The only it's reason true. he even puts he up would... with me is because we both have such personalities where, like, how I talked over and stampeded over you. We both create a black hole, and that black <laughs> hole could be harnessed for yes. Lost Symphony to actually make music that Jeff Loomis and Marty Friedman somehow think is good and not to even play on it. Like, it's crazy. But like we have some sort of ability, well, but like uh, I mean, this crazy good, uh, friction makes good music. I mean, ask there's Van Halen. been a, a million right. Ask Van Halen, ask Aerosmith, ask the Beatles, ask the Police, ask any fucking band under the sun. And there's, ask there's the Joe Perry Project. That, like, you know, they they get along, and you know, sometimes they don't get along. But sometimes that's the best combination of people, and it you know, things come out of it that wouldn't have come out of two guys who Wings. got along all the time. Well, that you know? explains True. a lot about Ben. Cause if anything describes Ben, it's friction in general. Yes. Well, so. that I, my, I'm ribbed about, for your pleasure. My quote about Ben is that. <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody said about somebody else, I don't know who it was, but they said that this person gets the full range of emotions from me. And that's how I feel about Ben. <laughs> There's not a lot of people that get the full range of emotions from me. But isn't like, that why your drums are so good? Because like I literally, I, I tell Corey, like, by take four, he's pissed. By take five, he doesn't have enough caffeine. <laughs> by take seven, one of his in-ears isn't working. And then I say, by take eight, you turned on the fucking uh, ride microphone. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, and by the way, by the way, great take. Did you have your subwoofer on in the other room? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was more for Sh- Siobhan's beautiful violin parts have this in the background. Because the other day he was going to record. Dude, the other day I had these open back headphones and I was going to have them record. And then I start like hearing it. I'm like, wait, that's a lot of bleed. I'm like, oh, wait, open back headphones. I'm like, probably shouldn't use those to record Dell vocal parts not a good yeah. idea yeah we're learning you know yeah t- hey, like i said work in progress. just bring it back to what we talked about maybe in the first episode there like you know if you look at the cd and and you you buy the record and you listen to it uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful record and it sounds like we Ooh, know what we're doing here um and and the truth is we have no fucking idea what we're doing and we're just making it up as we go and uh like a lot of people. Yeah. LostSymphony.com, chapter three, which, by the way, we haven't spoken about it yet, but it's being, it's it's a tribute, a long time coming uh, to our friend Ollie Herbert, um, who was so quickly and swiftly taken away from us. And, and, and um, you know, we were working on this project with Ollie Herbert, who, um, if you guys don't know who he is, he's he was, was the guitar player from All That Remains. He was one of the greatest dudes that I ever knew. Um, and, and certainly one of the greatest musicians. He brought Siobhan and I together, brought her to this project. And like, I can tell you that this was some of the 
happiest music. He was. He loved working with Corey. He loved Siobhan. He loved my brother. My brother and Ollie in particular had a yeah. weird geeky bond where they would like go and talk about Dungeons and Dragons and how not getting laid versus like doing things around that like the house was cooler. Um, <laughs> you know, like they had weird things in common. But this record is for our buddy Ollie. And it features some really amazing people who, by the way, I just got to say thank you to every one of them. We have Angel Vivaldi, who was a great friend of Ollie, like one of his true friends. Um, we have Marty Friedman. We have David Ellison. So, you know, it's pretty cool to have Marty Friedman and David Ellison come out for, on for multiple um, tracks. Ollie <laughs> on multiple tracks. Yeah. By the way, just so you know, like David Ellison agreed to do this record. Like I put out like feelers to both Marty and David being like, yo. Um, I'm trying to put something together for my friend. Like it would be really unbelievable. And David knew Ollie. Marty was unaware of his existence, but I wrote him like a real plea. And Marty wrote me the nicest message. Like, yeah, man, let's do this for your your buddy. I think he called him Oli at Oli, first. Yep. But yep. that's fine. He didn't know him, but Ollie. <laughs> and he he came out and he just served it. But like two weeks later, uh, I get a I, I get a call. Or an email, I think, from David saying, yeah, man, I'll do it too. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. And then I realized, wait a minute, those guys, are they cool? Yeah. Like, can we put them, like, are they like two ninja fish you can't put in the same, like, are they okay to, like, put in this? So I had to, like, write Marty an email with my tail between my legs because my friend Kelly Walsh, who introduced us, she she's a PR um, maven out in Hollywood. So, like, thank you so much for hooking us up with Marty. But um, I called her, I was like, dude. Like, how do I tell Marty, like, I, the only songs that are open are the ones that I think David's going to play on. Or how do I tell, is this going to be cool? She's like, just be honest with him. So I wrote Marty this big, long message um, saying, please, like, go watch All That Remains. See if you like his playing. See if you vibe to it. Like, just Ollie knowing that you went and watched him if you didn't know who he was, like, I know would make him happy wherever he was. And Marty wrote me this big, long message back, like, not only is my 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 friend David like a brother to me, but my heart is not cold. He said, like literally said, my heart is not cold. Like, let's do this for Ollie. I love David like a brother. And so David and Marty play together on a giant. It's a whole side to a record, or well, what's going to be pressed as a record? Um, with Marty Friedman, Alex Skolnick. You have Jimmy Bell, like the left-hander that just doesn't quit. Matthew LaPierre, who's unbelievable. Kelly, obviously. Joey Concepcion. It's literally ridiculous. All came out. All came out. Jeff Loomis. How? Like literally. Richard how do you forget? Shaw. Richard Shaw. Like how do you forget Jeff Loomis and Richard Shaw? Like how ridiculous of a turnout. Like if Ollie was having a party, right? And those guys all like <laughs> messaged back, like that would be a slamming party. So I got to tell you, chapter three, if it's any selling point, think about who came out to Ollie's party. That was a good sell. And on that note. Did it work? <laughs> can you buy some of Paul's art, by the way, so we yes. can eat this week? Songs. Like, I think taxes are coming up. <laughs> Songs. Songs for sale. <laughs> you would have been a great wandering minstrel. Paul, Paul, thank you for hanging out with us. I think this yeah, is one, this is one of the funnest of episodes we've had because it's just been, it's once again, it's, I feel like we're a band in a room for the first time. It's, it's a, it's a cool experience. Um, we appreciate everything you've done for Lost Symphony and I hope everyone that's listening or watching goes to lostsymphony.com and not only listens to the music, but buys most of the things that are available for sale because that would just be wonderful. <laughs> 
They could go to 2020-D.com and buy shirts that Paul drew pictures of us on. Yes. Corey's going to put a beautiful montage of some of his pictures because he wants to help out the drummer because he knows that Ivanka was right, that he does need to pivot. <laughs> yeah. Because why even be good at the drums when you can play the drums, you can play the guitar, you can play the bass, you can sing, you can take awesome photos. Why do any of that when you can just draw and sell your art? Yeah, the most important thing is for anyone listening or watching to buy stuff. Uh, that's super important. Uh, Remember, expensive, us, more expensive us, is yeah, better. The more like, it connotates better quality. The he better uses better feel. quality paper at $300. I mean, you could <laughs> oh just gosh. send us envelopes of cash if that, that works for you, too. Works too. Cash. Or Bitcoin. I've been yeah. told by Jason Lechberg <laughs> that Bitcoin oh, yeah. is the way. Oh, my and that, us, like, It's gone from a $6,000 for yeah. a Bitcoin. I the didn't know that. Is, support artists and musicians, anyone in your life that's but specifically us. creative. But specifically us. But if you happen to know others, share the She's killing it already with star set like she's probably like rolling around like scrooge mcduck and all of her mercury silver <laughs> dimes from pre-1952 paul knows he used to take him out and put him on a dime from his pocket like fuck this <laughs> this real silver i'm gonna bury it one day <laughs> paul did you keep the wheat i'm gonna pennies? shoot a werewolf with it did you, yes did you keep the wheat pennies uh no i gave up on the wheat pennies did you keep the it, were you alive at a time where indian ped pennies were a regular thing not regular, but they were around. Now you never fucking see him. Never ever. Wow. That Same. tells you how old he is. Yeah. yeah. On that fascinating note, you guys have been 2020. <laughs> Paul, you're the man. Hopefully you'll come back. I think like. this is a great episode. I think we should do more of these. Uh, and don't forget to like and subscribe and follow and listen to all the other episodes. Thank you for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 40 featuring Shannon Larkin of Godsmack. Check it out. There's really, you know, there's really no way to, how I can describe that, that feeling, you know, walking to the stage with Godsmack. Because we're like, I become like, you know, invincible and like, I'm just like way bigger than I really am. I'm like 105 pounds soaking wet, you know. <laughs> but when I'm walking to the stage, I'm fucking Lou Ferrigno or something, you know what I mean? Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>